1: To scare you but
2: um we're you rolling. do every day i know <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're rolling today be, we're, we're rolling yeah we're rolling we're rolling 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 now you're scaring me <laughs> i'm rolling yeah i'm at 5.0 <laughs> okay I gotta, yeah i have to leave now
1: <laughs> it's mike and john got it going on brought to you by firehouse doors who are mike and john you say
2: i did we are oh we have amnesia what's going on <laughs> <laughs> well, we are because we're Mike and John. Well, yeah. That's what's going on. Absolutely. Uh, coming up today, we'll take a look at our trivia answers from last night's Wednesday night trivia. We did get an, uh, we did get a winner, and then a few others that copied and got the right answer. Right, right. So we'll get to that in uh, just a little while. We'll talk with Rich Pearlberg with our Wednesday edition on a Thursday. Right. Uh, we'll do our post election predictions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <Wow>, we're hundred <laughs> percent. How did that happen?
2: Not sure. Yeah. How did it become November already? Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll get to uh, the less you know, the two cent history lesson, and uh, we'll talk library. Yeah. The library in Brighton. Quietly. Are we going to have to talk, We're quietly. talk about it? the Brighton District Library. Yes. They some Shh. outdoor
1: renovations. Outdoor
2: <laughs> renovations. So, yes, yeah, so we'll be talking <laughs> to the library director, Cindy Mack. We'll check it out. See what I did there? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the latest in local news. Gigo News brought to you by Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton. All right, here's what's going on. One-time journalist Jennifer Conlin has won the 48th House District, becoming the first Democrat
1: to represent a portion of Livingston County in 30 years. According to results tabulated by the Associated Press, Conlin defeated Howell Republican Jason Wolford 53 to 46%. In doing so... Conlon becomes the first Democrat since Representative Clark Harder in 1992 to represent Livingston County in Lansing. Most of Harder's district was in Chiawassee County, although it did include Deerfield, Cahawktah, and Osceola Townships in Livingston. Otherwise though, Livingston County has been solidly GOP represented in Lansing since anyone can recall. In Livingston County, the 48th District includes Genoa and Hamburg Townships, the Village of Pinckney, and the southeast corner of Putnam Township. It also includes a section of northern Washtenaw County dipping down into the Ann Arbor area and a small portion of Jackson County. Conlin, who's from Ann Arbor, drew her support primarily from Washtenaw County, where she outpolled Wolford by a nearly two-to-one margin. While Wolford won in Livingston County, his margin of victory was only about 3,500 votes, not nearly enough to offset the almost 8,000 additional votes Washington County provided Conlin. The first phase of outdoor renovations been completed on the exterior of the Brighton District Library, the first of two phases that will occur over the coming year. Library Director Cindy Mack uh, said that they've also added a drive-through book return near the circular drive that will allow patrons easy access. And we will be talking with Mack coming up here in just a few minutes. And South Line Police are asking for the public's assistance to help locate a missing teen. 14-year-old Genevieve was last seen Tuesday afternoon in the area of South Lafayette and South Lion Woods Drive. She stands about 5'7", weighs about 155 pounds, with short brown hair and blue eyes. She was last seen wearing a dark navy hoodie and zebra pants. Anyone who may have seen her or know her whereabouts is asked to call the South Lyon Police Department at 248-437-1773 you'll find that number and pictures of Genevieve on our website MikeandJohnPodcast.com and that's what's going on
2: And local news brought to you by Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton stop by today start your holiday shopping early as they've got a ton of stuff new designs from Simon G and Zagani, the Zagani collection, undeniably taking up a huge portion of the display case. John right. and I checked it out yesterday. We did. And we gave it the thumbs up, didn't we? We walked by and we go. <laughs> and they were like, Who Why? are you? <laughs> 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 Why are you We any? forgot to ask to Why? borrow the eyepiece. Yeah. Oh, man. The, the loop. The loop. Yeah. The loop. Simon yeah. G., Zagani, and much more. Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton. We really missed a great photo op there. You're right. <laughs> we Dang up. it. <laughs> Stop by, see today, maybe you can try the loop. No.
1: We won't encourage that. I don't think we want a long line of people. You know. I want to try the loop. Well, the more I mean, the merrier. Maybe maybe I mean, they're very customer-focused. You know, exactly.
2: You know, so, yeah, okay, maybe they will. Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton on Main Street and online at <laughs> cooperandbinkleyjewelers.com. Yes. All right, so we got a lot to do today. We do, but we're
1: gonna have to kind of. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> are we doing the robot? I'm not sure what's it, going on there. Actually, we're we're <laughs> digitally stalling. <laughs> <laughs> your, your internet I is slow. I don't know slow. what you were yeah. doing. Uh, so here's what I think we're gonna do. We're gonna call Rich Pearlberg right now. Right now. Yeah. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. I mean, let's uh, uh, let's talk with Rich <laughs> about you know the less you know.
2: Why do we uh, got to get it out of the way? Well, because it's time. It's time. We started a little late. I mean, for uh, you know, the you know, who No, we right. didn't. We're yeah. right on time. I know. Why I do you got to put it that way? kind of goes on and on and on. So well, we can shut him up. I yeah. just hit the red button. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could do that. That's true. So, uh, all right, I'm yeah. going to let him know he has only got two minutes and thirty seconds. Okay. Good morning, hey. Rich, and welcome back. You now have two minutes and nineteen seconds for your segment. <laughs> right, we're counting down. <laughs> we're keeping you on a short leash. <laughs> Well, um, <laughs> How many leashes I, have you been on before? <laughs> All right, never mind. More than we want to know. You've got, you got,
1: you got some standards, don't you? Understand? Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, you know, of course... Uh, Let's some, go with some, your post-election yeah. predictions. Yeah, what are your post-election <laughs> predictions? Who do you think did win? I'm... I'm, I'm going against the polls I I think there's not going to be a red wave so much Uh and I'm thinking the Democrats are going to win Michigan
3: elections I think I think uh, what are you know're gonna get reelected and here's the shocker you can I think the uh, the Democrats are going to take control of the state house and the state Senate get out of here
2: all right just to yeah, let I everybody mean, know if, this was recorded yeah. three weeks ago Yeah, what I'm gonna Rich, do is a genius'm i gonna
1: edit this segment and I'll put it into last Thursday's show
2: <laughs> and then,
1: and then
3: oh it'll be amazing
2: so 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 but, some and, surprises
3: something, is, uh, kind of something that I think is reassured. Reassuring, not, not necessarily because of the results, because not everybody likes them, but it is reassuring to know that despite the pollsters <laughs> and the pundits and all the experts, the voters kind of make the decisions.
1: Well, I, I guess the whole idea of polling is you know, it, it, the last several election cycles it has come under scrutiny and they've tried different, you know, methods. Uh, I just think the whole idea is there's just something wrong with polling in general. I don't know what it is. I mean, and, and you've got, and what you have also is partisan polling. This is the thing I just go, are you nuts? Where you've got these Democratic-aligned polling firms, you've got Republican-aligned polling firms, yes. and why are you paying for someone to tell you what you want to hear?
3: I think <laughs> it's journalistic malpractice to use them. I mean, honestly, I mean, there was a poll that came out uh, uh, on Election Day that said that Dixon was going to win by, was up by 1%. And, of course, they could say, we have a 3% margin of error. That's
2: a great, that's a great technique. You get to tell you how accurate your own poll is. But, yeah, but let's face it, if (laughs) you...
3: points off. That, I mean, how, how could any news organization ever use that pollster
2: again? Well, I think um, when you when you look at, uh, you know, let's just say, you know, you're walking, in, back in the day, you'd walk in a mall and there'd be somebody with a clipboard that wants to <laughs> ask you questions. Right? Do you really want to, you know, they don't know you, you don't know them. Do you really want to tell them are you really going to be that honest? Or, well, number one, you've got the time to do that. If you, if And what does you, that you, say? Because <laughs> okay. <so>, really, <laughs> Uh, yeah. well, well, that well see that's the thing. You look at it and you're going, okay. Somebody's coming up to you. Do you mind if we ask you a few questions? Then you're like, you know, I'm I'm giving you information that you know you're you're. I don't know. I just would never. Well, there's, there's, I would never participate in it. So you don't know. You don't know what the questions are. How they're
3: being asked. You don't know who's being surveyed. You don't know how they weight them. And and in fact, you don't even know. I mean, there's a there's a labor shortage out there. <laughs> Uh-oh. How do you know that the people are even <laughs> doing the
1: questions exactly? Right? Well, and uh, if people are being honest when they answer them, I yeah. think that the public right. has become pretty savvy in the sense that that they know that oh, I can. If, so if you're a uh, you know if you're a, a Whitmer supporter or you're a Dixon supporter and you get a poll and they're asked well, I'll just answer the questions that, you know, because, you know, I want to swing the poll. I mean, people think that way now. Oh, God. And and so you, you can't even know about the accuracy of the answer you're getting, much less think about, again, who who wants to take a poll, all right? So when people call you... Or contact you and say, "Would you like to take a poll?" Most of us go, "No," <laughs> but the people that go, "Oh, I do." Well, who are they, and why would you want to take a poll? Well, yeah,
2: look at how many times you you know say you buy something, yeah. and then even Amazon, as soon as you buy something, like a day later, you're getting a, "Can you take a survey and rate this?" So the same, it's the same thing with polls, even if it's whether it's online or uh, or a survey by phone. Do we even answer those calls anymore? Or if it is somebody coming to your door wanting to take a survey and you're like, act like you're not home.
3: (laughs) You bring up up really good points. Back in the day, uh, our newspaper used to run a lot of letters to the editor. And once in a while I have somebody say, oh, did you see the letters? That that just shows you what people think. I go,
2: no, that shows you what people who write letters to the editor think. Exactly. (laughs) That's that's a a very small and... uh, uh, not representative necessarily. Hey, exactly. now I wrote a letter to the editor of your paper. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it was for, but maybe it was about the uh Victoria's Secret or Lover's Lane. Oh, uh, when, when it was, it was at the Green Oak Mall, yeah, the <laughs> Green Oak Mall, well,
3: yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> quite to do. It was,
3: it was certainly quite an election if you think about it. I oh. mean, the the uh. The red wave this year was no greater than the blue wave of four years ago, um, and, and we're still stuck in a situation that we're going to probably have to wait until a December election in in uh, Georgia, a runoff election, to find out who controls the U.S. Senate. So it's it's pretty amazing. Right. Uh, uh, although I will say, I will say movements have. Consequences. I would. I would suggest that the reason in Michigan that the Democrats did so well in the legislative races was because of the rule to the movement to change uh, and, and minimize gerrymandering. All of a sudden, right. you've got Democrats who had a fighting chance in many in many districts there were far more competitive districts than there have been in the last 20 years, and the result is uh, uh, a very slight Democratic lead. Well, right, exactly. That, that would have happened
1: before, right? And I think that the it's, the citizen led, you know, uh, nonpartisan redistricting commission, which people voted for back in 2018 to create that commission, and now we're seeing what the result of that is. And I'm sure that Republicans are going. I, I'm not sure. I know they're already saying, "See, you're, you've you've you know you know illegitimately shifted the line, so you win." And it's like, well. When you think about it in a way, it's like wh- they were they were illegitimately shifted before, and now you've got this nonpartisan commission that is sort of drawing these lines not along such you know political boundaries where it's like you know marginalizing certain communities. Uh, and you know, I what is interesting is that when I think about like the, the props this year, prop three, of course, was the big one that got all the attention. Um, uh, all three you know propositions passed pretty handily. I think, and prop three was, you know, I'm, I'm glad it passed, it's important that it passed. Uh, prop two, I think, is the one that is going to have the more long term effect. We don't see it now, people go, Oh, that's great. It's the long-term effect of something like Prop Two, expanding voting rights. I mean, that's what democracy is. And people who—and this is my opinion—but people who stand and say, "Wait a minute, we need to limit voting," I, I, that's where I go. Well, yeah, hold on. So Prop Two and what it does, uh, and you know, following up on, on what was done back in 2018 uh, in, in terms of making like no reason absentee voting. I think those are going to be the long-range things where you're going to see. Uh, you know, shifts in in how people can vote and, and, and allowing their voices to be heard. Well,
2: look, we, we like working at home. We found that out from COVID, so why not voting from home, too? So right. I, I think you know, it, it was just a natural at, at, step, really. You look at County votes, uh, close to half the votes
3: were, were absentee votes this time around, something like 45%. right? Um, and you had a huge turnout, you know, one hundred, almost 110,000 votes cast. Um And you you can certainly see a difference in the makeup of the voting. The absentee voters were about 50-50, Republican and Democrat. But then on Election Day, uh, that's when the red wave hit. Uh, They were predominantly Republican voters who actually came out and voted on Tuesday. But still, the fact is, there were a lot of Republicans who voted absentee. And I have never quite understood this this Republican criticism against Benson for getting out um, absentee ballot applications. Oh, she's sending them out. That's not fair. Well, there was a well, there was a. Why, why, what's wrong with trying to encourage legal voters? Well, well there was
1: a misinformation campaign that she was sending out ballots, and, well, and in fact, say, yes. she was sending out applications. And that misinformation, by the way, although it was quickly corrected, doesn't matter. It persists to this day. People yeah. are convinced that they were just mailing out absentee ballots willy-nilly. Anyone here, you get one. You know, like they're operating the ballots. You get a ballot. You get a ballot. And it's like, of course, it's a yeah, lie. Dogs got ballots.
2: <laughs> you <know? laughs> Except
3: come, you have to come up with a single person who voted incorrectly because of that uh, effort. I mean, the, the, it's, it's,
2: it's, it's all of the scare tactics. And it's, uh, to me, it's a, a problem Republicans have in saying that we can't win unless we suppress the vote. But, well, that, that's the thing. I think you you know you you say well we want we want everybody to go vote. You're supposed to vote. You know, it's your your right, your obligation, your your freedom to vote. But unless you vote for yeah. the wrong person, uh, not you, <laughs> not then, you. You know, it's kind of like well, the election's <laughs> great unless no. I didn't win. Um, <laughs> right. But here's so.
3: another thing about it, and I don't know how long this is going to last, but it, but it seems to be trending uh, dramatically in this way. that It used to be that there was always a push in a general election to try to reach across and, and get the independent or undecided uh, voter. They don't exist very much. That's why you see these dramatic right. ads. It's pretty much you vote Republican or you vote to Democrat. And so the big push is to get your base to vote. The, right. These, get out these, the vote. Ads, yeah. and, and, and totally it's the number of people who vote. And that's the thing a lot of people forget. When Trump lost two years ago, he got seven million more votes than he did six years ago. I mean, everybody who voted for him the first time voted for him the second time, and
1: then some. Right. Uh, Biden won because the Democrats who sat under butts six years ago got out and voted two years ago. That's, that's the whole difference. Yeah, it, it is about, yeah, you're right. It is about getting out the vote and, and getting people to the polls. And you're right, the myth of the independent or undecided voter, I say, especially, especially post primary. I think after you get past the August primary, I mean, if you aren't decided at that point, then you either a) you aren't paying attention, b) you have no intention to vote anyway, or c) yes. you're a moron. So I, I just <laughs> <laughs> or the, you all of the above, <laughs> or all of, d) all of the above. Well, maybe you were busy. <laughs> <laughs> a, but I mean, who? Well, you, you either know or you don't know. And there's no one that's like, well, well, I, 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 I not that there's no one, but I'm just saying, it's hot, such a, a it's let's, a
2: minuscule amount on, of people. Hold on, let's Let's not just zero it down like the independents aren't out there. There there are some that say, okay, I've got two. I got to pick the lesser of the two evils. I think there's a lot of that going on, and that's where your independents fall. No,
1: I'm not talking, I'm not saying that I, I, if I said independents, I really meant undecided voters. I mean, the notion of an undecided voter post primary. I just I think that's a, I think it's a very small number of people that are literally undecided after the August primary because the, the it's already begun they already have a chance to say all right this this, this or that I, 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 I there are independent voters yes there are people who look there are people who voted for for Obama in in 2012 and then voted for trump in 2016 and then voted for biden in 2020 i mean right. you know that's right yeah, they
3: exist, but, but i think you're right on that and there's indications that this the statewide races were over in early september people had made their decisions about dixon and uh the, the republican candidates for secretary of state and attorney general and it really never
2: changed well in that case why do they have debates that late then you know, right. why, you know, is it you know, a, when yeah, you it think is, about, especially it, with absentee and, ballots, and why do we have commercials that are running so far up until <laughs> right. the last 8 p.m. Right. on that Tuesday? Because you know, people, well, they're trying, to, they're trying to get voters out. Uh, the debates,
3: I mean, there, there's gamesmanship that's played between both sides. Some of that tradition. Uh, it's, it's a good question, but I, but I think, uh, I think another question would be how often anymore do debates change? Um, uh, anybody's opinion right
1: well i, I mean if you do if you do poorly in a debate i mean if you just completely stumble and and which has happened. It's rare, but But it does happen. I don't know. Herschel Walker got
2: almost half the votes in Georgia. Well, Well, see, they haven't made up their minds minds yet there, Uh, either. I'm going to make them up again. (laughs) And somebody (laughs) is going to have to explain to Herschel what a runoff is. If you want, just
3: for a second, to talk about something that I think is going a little bit under the radar in in elections that will have potential results um, in the school board races. I I think, I I, I commend you guys, you're the only ones I've seen really cover it, that Eight of the uh, fifteen winners were were the GOP oh, yeah. nominated ones. Is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they were. Uh, yeah, it was a mixed bag of, uh, it, you know, somewhere it, it, and some were some weren't. You know, that's,
3: it, it really. You got to hope that once they get on the school boards, they'll. And this is not worked well <laughs> in the past, but just hope that they'll, right. that they'll go to their they grow into the jobs. There's nothing wrong with
0: having informed people saying, "I want to
3: represent a certain rubber." segment of the community. I hope they don't come in there like bulls in the
1: church. No, but they they tend to do that. And I think what I've always said, school board is like one of the hardest jobs out there to do, because you have to. You got to do a lot of reading. <laughs> you have to be prepared, and your powers are limited. A lot of people think that if you're on the school board, you just get to decide everything. I'm going to decide the the time school starts. I'm going to figure out what Johnny's reading in third grade. I'm going to, you know. And you're like, no, you, don't, no. No, you you
3: you hire the superintendent
1: and you okay the teachers' contract. Exactly. Yeah. And so That's people come it. into this like, oh, I'm going to change education, and you're like, well, you're not. What about the lunch menu? You know, (laughs) uh, you know, (laughs) tater
2: tots.
1: (laughs) I I, we look, Rich. You know, you've covered this county longer than I have, and you know, especially at these school board races, how many times people at their 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 you know their their fire starters. I'm gonna and they get in there, and it's like, hey, I didn't know it worked this way, (laughs) and you're like, yeah, you know. Remember how you didn't come to any meetings before you ran for school board? <laughs> you know, and now you're on the board, and you're just, your first, this is not an, it really shouldn't be a on-the-job training thing, but whatever. My concern
0: is, well, you know, it has been the other
3: way, too. There's There's been a lot of times that school board members were kind of hand-picked from PTA uh, leadership so that they would be compliant with what the uh, administration wanted to do, but, but. My concern is that some of these folks, and, and I don't know any of them personally, they, they may end up being fine school board members, is that they'll feel an obligation to show their base that they're doing something. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and that could be a little scary. And, and I, uh, it, it could affect careers, you know. Well,
2: once again... We don't know anything no. more than we did 15 <laughs> <know>. minutes ago. just wait and see if my predictions come true. Okay, we'll see what happens. If uh, You know what? A- Let's ask for the prediction on the Herschel Walker runoff. On the runoff. Yeah, you know, what do you think? I'll give
3: me that. Oh, that's your
2: All
1: prediction right. is it's going to take place on the 10th. Yeah. Get out your magic eight balls, because I
2: know. <laughs> All right, Rich, you too. Thanks. Rich Pearlberg and the less you know, and we've succeeded in that today. Yeah, yes, that's for sure. Have.
1: All right, Mike and John got it going on, brought to you by Firehouse Doors, and they've been serving Livingston County residents for the past 24 years. Family-owned, they strive to treat each customer-like family, veteran-owned, Mike Witt, a proud U.S. Air Force veteran. Firehouse Doors is your one-stop shop for residential, commercial, and rolling steel overhead door needs, and for the past past 21 years Firehouse Doors has been Livingston County's only authorized distributor for CHI overhead doors. Call Firehouse Doors today 810-599-7480. Oh, all right. We're going to the library. We are going to the library now to the library. We only just realized this morning. We're calling Cindy Mack, the director of the Brighton District yes. Library. Shh. The number they gave
2: us. Did you bring your library card <laughs> to the conversation? No, I don't know. I'll have to get a new one. Um, I didn't miss. Is the number to the library?
1: It's the main number, and I think we have to hit an
2: extension. So. Oh my gosh! You're, you're adding sorry. to my duties here. Right? I, I'm sorry. Thank
3: you for calling the Brighton District Library. Well, you're welcome. Let's listen. The library is closed. Oh. oh. Many library resources.
2: He's are talking pretty loud for a guy in a library.
3: At brightonlibrary.info.
2: Dot info. Please <laughs>
3: note the friends of the library <laughs> Who have resumed accepting
2: I'm not sure
3: on right. Wednesdays from three to seven p.m.
2: I'm gonna hit in hours and service details, press p- Please
3: hold while I transfer your call.
2: Oh, okay, We're being transferred. Okay, we the Our okay, call then. is being Let's transferred. See if this works. This is Cindy. Hello. Hey, Cindy, it's Mike and John from Mike and John Got It Going On. Good morning. Good morning. All right, first of all, we'd yeah. like to compliment the Brighton Library, the Brighton District Library, for the very formal um, answering on machine. Answering yeah, service yeah, that you you have. have. <laughs> uh, <who's, laughs> who is Who is that gentleman? <laughs>
0: Um, it is our assistant
2: director, Edward, oh. Edward? Well, he has a he has a future in <laughs> yes. voiceover stuff. Yes, he I does. Mean. Is he? Uh, he does have a little bit of an English accent. It is a bit a, a, a lilt there, I guess. Okay. I don't know. All right, we're just having fun. Yeah. Uh, uh
1: So, Cindy, yeah, you guys uh, are. Hey, we're in the library. Oh, Take sorry, it down a little sorry. bit. Sorry, Cindy, being really loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Johns doesn't do I'm well sorry. in the I don't really do well. I am a little loud. Uh, <laughs> a little, <laughs> shut up. Uh, so uh, you're you're halfway through, uh, uh, you know, a major renovation uh, renovation for the outside of the Brighton District. I mean, you just finished phase one, right?
0: Yes, we did. So we are. Really- Um, the library, the community passed an additional millage for the library. And oh, before COVID, um, we did major interior renovations. And so then COVID happened to slowed down. And then we had made the decision once the interior renovations were done that we really wanted to look at our outdoor spaces. We're very, very fortunate, the library is, that we are um, on the edge of protected lands. The Parker family, who we had purchased the land from, they gave us um, additional land called the Parker Preserve, and we work with the Livingston Land Conservancy to maintain that preserve. Well, it's a beautiful outdoor space, and we have a very large lot in our, the outside of our building, and we have a lot of, it's a great natural area. And we wanted to figure out how to incorporate that um, for the community to realize that is accessible for them to use as well. So we worked with a landscape architect and we developed plans for both the front of our building and the backside of our building. And we just completed the front
1: portion of the project. And then there's going to be like a, a learning journey walkway. Yes,
0: there is. So we, as part of our project with our building grounds, we wanted to encourage people to be able to use the backside of our building as well, which is next to the Parker Preserve. And so we created, um, a learning walkway, it's a learning journey, an educational walkway. And right now, if you walk through just a path that walks around, but we're actually going to be purchasing, uh, musical instruments and possibly like reading activities in that walkway. So children and the families, um, they can walk through, um, and do kind of like fun things that are in nature and just like, it's kind of a creative way just to get families and individuals to enjoy the outdoors.
2: So you've also, you've also added a drive through. Yes, so, that is a big feature. Um, I was, we I was going to say, if you did, you model that from some other libraries, or
0: well, a lot of libraries they do have yes, drive through book returns, and it was one of those things in Brighton. We um our book return was always inside of our building and even though we have a circular drive when you come in people would have to leave their cars and in this environment we know especially people with families with young children and senior citizens those with handicaps it's difficult at times and then michigan winters every once in a while just lousy you don't want to get out of
2: your car.
0: and other libraries have like a drive-through book return some are attached to their building some are like ours where they're near our parking lot, and so we worked with our architect who had designed the interior spaces, and we said, okay, what can we do here that this where it's a safe environment, but people um, where we can install a drive through book return where people don't have to leave their cars. And we're able to find a spot, and it's working out great. I think 15 minutes after we removed the cone, without even any publicity, we had our first um, patron use the drive
2: through book return. Absolutely. Did you get the photo op? Like, this was the first, (laughs) kind of like when you go on a roller coaster and they take the picture here, here I am returning my book. <laughs> I know. I,
0: w- I wasn't fast enough. You know, and it's amazing. To the text book return was something that our patrons really wanted. For right. years, they kind of talked about that. And last year, we are fortunate. Um, we do an annual appeal every year, like many um, entities. And we said, okay, the focus, we are doing these outdoor spaces. Can you help provide us funding for the book return? And they did. We got um, close to $20,000 in our annual appeal. Um, doubled what we've gotten in some years past because of this book return, and so our donors actually paid for um, the cement network and the
2: drive through book return. So. Nice. Alright, now, if you're if you're looking for more donors, I got an idea. Alright, oh. so, how about a drive-up order rear book, kind of like <laughs> okay. a fast food place? Cindy's yeah, like, I gotta go, I, bye. I, I, uh, you pull up a ding ding hi I'd like a copy of uh, of Harry Potter <laughs> sir this is a Wendy's <laughs> and a, side, a side of Snoopy and the Red Baron and then you pull up in you know wait in parking spot three and then you have your delivery guy well, just an we're idea close
0: to. That. We have to are building the way that we're set up it'd be very difficult very costly that's an idea but we do have something called curbside pickup and we had started this with COVID where people were comfortable coming into our space you can um, go online and once you place your hold on your book you can reserve a spot for a curbside pickup, and we still maintain that. So it's not as great as an actual window, but we will go um, and meet you in the circular driveway and, and drop you off your
2: book. Pretty so. darn close, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely, books on demand. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, we're trying. No, that's well, awesome. And, and
2: you know, obviously, library—the concept of
1: libraries is is ever evolving. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of, it, like, it's interesting that you're talking about putting those musical instruments out there in the in the outdoor path area. Uh, to try and draw kids out there, make it a more fun experience because, you know, kids today and not-so-kids are very electronic-oriented in terms of their entertainment. Uh, and so trying to find a way to have real-life experiences, hey, put the game down and come enjoy the real world.
2: Yeah, what, what type of instruments are you going to have along that learning journey path?
0: Well, we haven't made that decision yet. Um, more generally, like, well, musical instruments. Some, I think there's, um, is it a xylophone? And then there's bells. And so we haven't made a decision on that. We're hoping this year um, our... Our donors will actually help support that. So we haven't made a final decision on what we'll be purchasing, um, but we're hoping through our annual appeal that we'll be successful and they'll, they'll be naming Right. It. I
1: just think the, the concept is interesting and it's one of those things that traditionally, when you think traditionally library, you don't really think about a walking path or fun outdoor things for kids. But libraries are evolving and trying to still serve community needs and adapt uh, in ways, and it's, you know, I think, you know, the Brighton District Library has, de- has done a great job of that, and that's probably what these renovations are a big part of. Oh,
0: 100%, and so we really started that with our interior of our building when we did those renovations, too. We really want the community, uh, well, I mean, we want them to be proud and happy to use their library, but really we want it to be a community resource that meets many facets. So we're, in some regards, we're your traditional library. You can come in, you can you can check out that book. But then we're also the library for the parents, where you're doing traditional story times, our parent groups. We are the library for um, your older kids when they're transitioning out. We hope to have fun. Um, We try to have fun programs and different services. And then when you become in your teen years and your adult years, we're really focusing on how do we make this library a place that encourages not only communication but lifelong learning and access to education in creative ways. And our Library of Things collection, um, which is a a collection of – say everything from a ukulele to a um sewing machine that provides that you know you want to have that connection and you a lot of times you want to learn about things so you don't want to invest in a lot of money to like check out a ukulele or you don't might not necessarily have a pass to be able to go to um one of the the state rec pass you might need are the um other rec passes. and the library is a great way to encourage this, those activities and spaces, without having to spend money on that. And I think the biggest thing about a library, it is the goal, is that it evolves to meet the users' needs. And we know our, our user needs change. And some people won't need a library for books. You know, maybe they love to download books and they're okay with buying them. But yet, they really don't want to have to buy a sewing machine. But every once in a while. <laughs> right
1: i mean that's, and
0: that's yeah. really our goal
1: yeah and i think it's it's, it's that kind of a dynamic uh, services that you know uh that you're providing uh that ben. keeps the library a hub of community involvement i mean that's what it's kind of always been but as times change, as people's tastes change, as society changes, you know, so have libraries. I think uh, to sort of adapt to that and try and still provide. Just
2: introducing your child to yeah. a sewing machine may be a whole new experience because <laughs> my mom used to sew, but you know, I mean, yeah. this is this is what they make clothing with. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how you sew a patch. I thought it just appeared on the rack at Target. <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, a lot of a lot of fun talking with you this morning, uh, Cindy, and we appreciate you taking time out and joining us this early and uh, wish you well with all the improvements and congratulations on all the upgrades uh, there at the Brighton District Library.
0: Oh, we're so excited. And yeah, we're definitely, um, this summer, or next summer, we hope to have the Phase 2 done with the patio and pavilion off the back side and improvements to Millie's Garden. So we really... Um, we hope to really have an outdoor library space that is amazing and accessible to all. So, all right. Well, you know what? We'll talk to you about that this
2: summer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if you get a drum set on that outside yeah. uh, right. learning journey, that's right. let right. us know. We'll yeah. come yeah. and have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh,
0: no, I, know, I know that um, we definitely plan on adding. Um, we've got some funds already to
1: jumpstart that. Sounds fun. Those musical instruments.
0: We're looking forward to it.
1: Cindy Mack, director of the Brighton District Library, thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely,
1: have a great day. All right, Uh, right, and you can check them out online: Uh, BrightonLibrary.info.
2: Got to get the info. Hey, you know, you were doing need, that hand the thing during the, uh, during the less you know, too, know. so it was really, yes. I was going to put, he's talking with his hands again, but I didn't have time to write about well, a well, sign. Yeah, okay. People figured it out. Well, it's, it's my people's heritage. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm talking it's, with it's my It's genetically, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it is impossible for us to talk and not really waving our hands around, okay? <laughs> all so,
2: right. We have, we have to we have to uh, go to our, our uh, trivia question from last night. A lot of great answers. And, of course, we want to thank our friends at uh, Richter & Associates Property Management for being a part of the Mike & John team. Absolutely. We're licensed real
1: estate brokers with 40-plus years in the business, rental property experts in
2: Livingston, Genesee, and Oakland
1: counties. Located in downtown Howell. Check them out online. r i c h t e r a s s o c
2: R-I-C-H-T-E-R-A-S-S-O-C.com. Or call them. 517 540 And since you mentioned a website, we should point out ours. Oh, yeah. Mikeandjohnpodcast.com. Hey, look at that. One of the cool things we've What's added. Doing its It's pretty darn new, is our daily newsletter. That's right. It's free. We don't spam you with asking you extra questions. We don't become pollsters. It's, it's,
1: it's, uh, it's a pretty simple process. Yeah. You just enter your email address. You just confirm it. You get a confirmation email. And then every day... Around five o'clock in the afternoon, you five will get, p.m. Yeah, that's thank you. That's usually the afternoon. Uh, you you will get the email in usually. your inbox, and uh, and you can see uh, you know the latest news headlines. So yeah, just go to mikeandjohnpodcast.com
2: That's our website. Oh, is it though? Yes, it is. Oh,
1: we have a website.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <sighs> All right. So sign up for that today. Uh, our two cent history or our trivia brought to you by our friends, uh, sold by Tanya Z. You know, comfort is the key. Yes, it is. Real estate agent Tanya Zirkle, yeah. sold by Tanya Z. Exactly. So, where comfort so, is the key to home. Right. Our she quest- wants you to be comfortable in the home buying process. And When you buy that home, make sure you uh. get a key. Studies found. <laughs> yeah, I generally think. I say I crawl in the bathroom of the, window from side house. closing process. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: I didn't get a key. Hey.
2: They changed the locks on this. Wilma. Studies found. The average woman will buy 220 of these. In her life. All right, right off the bat, what is it? I have to say, well, hold on. Is there an average woman?
1: Women are pretty unique.
2: They're individual. Dude, what woman. did you do wrong?
1: Nothing. <laughs> Today, think I, actually, I think I'm doing it right now. I think I'm doing the wrong Today. thing right now. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yes. The okay. average
2: woman. So the average woman will spend or will buy 220 of these in their lifetime. We want to know what it is. Okay. Uh, we're not gonna. We're not gonna put Brandon's answer no, there. Brandon no, nope, we're uh, skipping that yeah, one. Brandon, uh, he meant to say chapstick. Right, is what he meant to say. He just spelled well, it completely the thing different. he said was bigger than a chapstick. I've <laughs> never seen a chapstick. Well, that big. I don't. Know. Maybe it was a smaller <laughs> chapstick. <laughs> well, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you know, one matter. of those chapsticks <laughs> that vibrates as you put it on your. Never mind. Yeah, uh, toothbrush. Uh, let's move on. Said uh, Lori. Yeah. Hair tools, like a curling iron blow dryer. That's a great guess from Christine. Uh, Purses, said Michael, from out of the country. (laughs) China. Right. No, I think Michael was one of our. Oh, he's out. Of, I thought the I answer think, said no, out of the country. <laughs> foreign purses I thought he was talking about Watch know, the. Watch out for those the foreign cheap purses. knockoffs that you see. Here. <laughs> yes. It's a Gucci, chi, chi, chi. <laughs> yeah, Gucci, G U C H I. I don't think so. Uh, Linda said bottles of perfume. Those are usually gifts from their sons, right? And it's cheap stuff. Here's
1: your gallon of tea, Mom, <laughs> here's some
2: Aviance. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, books, yeah. says Jeff. Or Cousin Jeff. How appropriate, since we were just talking with the library director. Yeah. Uh, Beverly said razors. That's a great guess, because, you know, those don't last forever. Uh, Madonna said dresses. Shailen socks. Um, wow. Cougar said brass bracelets. I, yeah. Oh, oh no. no, no. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say are you not <laughs> a brass, um, do you
1: need a little help reading? Uh, no, or no, I was, maybe I should go you should well, go over to the Brighton library. She spelled brazier. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's not but no, <laughs> no, that's, that's a brazier. That's not, what you get a
2: dairy queen. A brazier. <laughs> you're right that
1: is
3: a, That's not how you spell yeah, it's brazier.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> a brazier is what you get at Dairy Queen, right? That's like their... Uh, the, their uh, uh, I don't know what it is. but yeah. No, a
1: brazier is a container used to burn charcoal or other solid fuel for cooking. So the the, the Dairy Queen thing would be don't like Don't put that. You your get, boobs you, in those. You notes. get your hamburger that way. <laughs> yeah.
2: The brazier, that's the what it is. But it's not a brazier. Yeah. Don't so. put your boobs in that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cars. Oh, that's, that's a lot of cars. Uh, Marlene yeah, said underwear. That would make sense. because sometimes Just because you buy that many pairs doesn't right. mean they're just for you. If that were true, and it's not the right
1: answer, but if no. that were true, the average guy would buy about <laughs> yeah, 12 <laughs> for the
2: uh, Let's see. Other uh, great guesses. Packs of gum. Yeah. High heels. Uh, Drew Goble said tacos. Jeff said pairs of sunglasses. Mm. That's a lot of a sunglasses. One. I don't want a taco. Anyway. Um, Sue said jeans. Right. Uh, let's see, mm-hmm. any other... Uh, Jordan Genzo says deodorant sticks. Bottles of shampoo. Yeah. Lots of interesting yes. answers. The answer had nothing to do with one's appearance. Okay. Or smell. Well, it could, oh, could I guess have it, to do with yeah, a yeah, smell, right. but not their own. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the answer was candles. Right. In the wind. So, 220 candles. Uh, the first one to get it right was Ashley. Right. Congratulations to Ashley and everybody else who copied Ashley's answer, uh, but Ashley the first one to get it right. Candles, probably scented, I'm guessing. I don't know too many guys who go out and say, "Well, I'm going to the candle store." Heading over to Yankee Candle today, John. What do you need? <laughs> um, <laughs> what scent would you like today? <laughs> Not any of those. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I mean, some
1: of these candle. By the way, since we're talking about candles, uh, some of the candle titles. Make no mention of what it actually smells like. You know, sometimes you see me like, okay, but what does it smell Cinder like? wood. There should be some mention or something that would give you a clue as to what it's, you know, it, you know, like it's like Arctic Legos. What? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know, know where you're shopping. Yeah. And just saying hey, some of these, some of these labels don't really tell you, you know, it's like wonderfully reminiscent of what? Uh, uh, that's gotta uh, be a lavender. Yeah, so anyway, I yes. have no idea. Yeah. Well, you never do.
2: Uh, so <laughs> I'm <laughs> coolest. Job. So congratulations, to Ashley! Correctly guessing, was right. candles. All, All right. right. So and and thanks to Tanya Z. Tanya Zirkle for sponsoring our trivia as always. Uh, our two cent history lesson coming up in just a little bit. We should uh, we should mention that today is uh, USMC Day,
1: the U.S. Marine Corps. Oh yeah, I thought you said MC like EMC EE.
2: No, 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 no. Yeah, or MC. like, well, that MC could be Hammer, MS. or oh, you know, it's also um, National Vanilla Cupcake Day. Mm. I mean, you know, most of us would go chocolate. Yeah. You're going cupcake, uh, chocolate, uh, red I velvet. Mean, it's or, not that I won't eat yeah. it. No, I mean, no, it's not that I won't eat it and then uh, lick the the, the, <laughs> the cupcake
1: thing. But it's not my preference.
2: <laughs> what do they call the leftover stuff in the cupcake crumbs? Um, well, the the. Cause it's kind of browned usually. Like, if you have a. Uh, you mean in the paper or in, in the, the paper? Tin. In the oh, paper. Okay. You got it in the paper. What do they call that leftover? Crumbs. <laughs> that it's kind like it of like a skin. It's kind of like a skin. I don't eat that, but nonetheless. <laughs> Vanilla Cupcake Day. Okay. Chocolate Frosting, please. Um, forget Me Not Day. It's a day to not forget our friends and family. Hmm. Here or not here with us? Even when you want to, you know, forget th- me not.
1: Thanks- don't forget me. Thanksgiving's coming up.
2: Yeah, some fun conversations <laughs> sure. around the table. Sure, about can.
1: recent results.
2: Ah, that'll be fun. <laughs> oh, here comes Uncle Dave. Um, yes, can we get to the two cent history? I don't. Something? Can we? Let me check. I don't see anybody denying yeah, us right. the right to go to. <laughs> we don't the have, have any trivial denialists nope, here. We don't put we up don't. with that. The pollsters have yeah. been hidden. We will not put up with trivia denialists. And our no. two cent history lesson is brought to you by Drew Goebel and our friends at Oakland Insurance. Right,
1: and Frankenmuth Insurance, which is Michigan based, providing you the peace of mind you need. Call Drew Goebel at Oakland Insurance All seven twenty five hundred.
2: All right, today the uh, the tenth of November. Uh, guess what? I'm what USMC Day? Yeah. 1775, the United States Marine Corps was founded. All right. 1775, a few of the proud. Yeah, Marines. The, the Marines. It'll 1871,
1: it'll be, it'll newspaper
2: it'll reporter... Be
1: 147 years ago, or 247 years ago.
2: Come on. Didn't carry the one. Sometimes the ones can be heavy to carry. Yeah, 1871, newspaper reporter Henry Morton Stanley. Hank, to his friends, Found the missing Scottish explorer, David Livingstone. Hmm. Zanzibar, Africa. By the way, Doctor Livingstone, I presume. That's what he said. Yeah. That's what they said that he said. Well, they. Do said we
1: know that he said, really I said? I don't said know. It? I think that's, uh, Do you think he really said? Uh, it? I think it's apocryphal. I don't think it's really. Uh, Doctor
2: Livingstone, uh, I presume. Let's see. I'm get the team on that. I mean, did they have a Panasonic recorder? Right. Getting that. I said, hey, what are you doing out here in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> 1917, 41 women were arrested outside the White House and sentenced to six months in jail for demonstrating for the right to vote. Mm-hmm. How dare they?
1: Interestingly Wanna enough, vote. when you look at the history of suffragettes, I think it's timely when you think about... The, Suffragette the, City? The, the, the re- well, <laughs> Don't lean on me, Hey, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the history of suffragettes, uh, of trying to get women the right to vote... Uh, for most of that time it was a polite discourse trying to influence the political process and then after about 50 years of it doing nothing they said oh hell no (laughs) and they got out and they protested. They were led by Maud and uh, well kind of (laughs) and then there's Ma. Yeah. So sometimes you know you don't get your rights until you demand them.
2: Right. Thank you. I don't think they stormed the White House or anything. I think they were. No, they didn't there, try and bust in. There
1: was some civil disobedience, but yeah, no, I don't think there was any of that. So they were bad girls. Okay, don't go oh, there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 1961.
2: 1951. The first long distance telephone call was placed when the mayor of Inglewood, New Jersey called the mayor of Almeida, California without using an operator. Oh, wow. Direct dial. Yeah, dial and direct. Cost long distance. Okay, only talk for a minute. Right. You know how much this. What, t- what time is it? Oh my God! Can not we talk after eleven? Wait, over in California, you got to yeah. wait till like three a.m. <laughs> exactly. okay. Boy, we are old enough to remember yeah. when that yeah. was an issue. Yeah. Don't call till after eleven. What time 11. are you calling? Oh, it's right. Oh my it's God. 10:59. It's ten fifty nine. Long distance. <laughs> yeah. Kids would never understand <laughs> you that know they? Now I can call like the International Space Station whatever. Nineteen sixty nine on this date, life as we know it changed. Really. As PBS aired Sesame Street. Oh, wow. Dun, First time. Dun, 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 dun. Sunny day. Yeah.
1: I didn't really watch Sesame Street as a kid. I My kids did, but when I was a kid, not really. Oh, no. I was uh, more New Zoo review. <laughs> Coming right at you. <laughs> with, with Henrietta and Froggy.
2: <laughs> Don't you remember? I didn't really watch that. I remember the song, but I don't remember the show much. Wasn't Raggedy Ann and Andy on right after that? I don't know. I don't remember as a kid. Elton John in 1973 started an eight-week run at number one on the U.S. album charts with Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, the singer's third U.S. number one album. Yeah. When are you going to come down? Should have stayed on the farm. Should have listened to My Old Man. Think your kids will ever say that? No. no, not either. 1975, the ore carrier Edmund Fitzgerald, <laughs> uh-oh, broke into two during a big storm on Lake Superior. Um, it turned out to be good for one guy well, named Gordon. Yeah, Gordon <laughs> <laughs> they there in the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And- you know, sometimes I don't understand what he's saying in that song. <laughs> <laughs> Edmund Fitzgerald! That's <laughs> how it goes, isn't it? Come on. You're driving along. It's the Gitchy Goomy
1: that you don't get, yeah. do you?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> An old Detroit. Yeah. 1990. Here's one we can all relate to, 1990. Vanilla Ice started a six-week run at number one. Do we have to relate album, to this? To the extreme. Okay. Yeah. So that's where the rolling in my five point came. Vanilla Ice and ice, Elton John, ice, baby. Whole album notations. Sure, it's a, a few day. years apart and quality miles apart. Which one do you think was better? Hmm. Well, let me tell you. Which one is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> Elton. <laughs> oh, speaking of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know Eminem just got in. I saw that, um, and it was on the stage twenty years ago. He hit number one with a soundtrack to 8 Mile. Oh, uh-huh. You know all those songs. Well, he barfed up his mom's spaghetti, yeah. Yeah, there was the spaghetti yeah. thing. <laughs> it was a good movie. So that's your two-cent history lesson yeah. for today. A little all bit right. of music. A little bit of knowledge. And spaghetti
1: barfing. Uh, I did uh, do a fact check on the uh, Dr. Livingstone, I presume. It is indeed believed to be made up after the fact. Yeah. Because... Uh, uh, basically, Stanley later tore out the pages of the encounter from his diary. I don't, I don't want anybody to see. Anyone this. want anyone to see that he yeah. never actually said that. That's kind of the assumption. Oh, is that what it was? He yeah. tore it up because they they made it up. It became such a big deal that that phrase became so.
2: And then they were like, "Well, let's look at your diary." He's like, oh, you know. Oh, he said, "Pardon no. me, bud. Could you help out a fellow American <laughs> so who's down in his luck?" Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hit the right. road. That's is what, uh, what Doctor Livingstone well, said. Sure, he did.
1: Maybe that's what he actually said. That's why he ripped the <laughs> so diary pages out. Leave me alone. Dude. Hey. I came to Zanzibar to get the hell out of here. He
2: was yeah. he was probably meditating or yeah, something. Yeah. That's, that's why you go to Zanzibar, <laughs> well, isn't it? Sure. I don't know. Never been to Zanzibar. Yeah, Never ate a Zanzibar. Is that I a think thing? they have dates in them or something. Look up Zanzibar. Oh, I'm look up Zanzibar. I think it is a bar, okay. I think. It's like is a like a date bar or a fruit bar Zanzibar or something like that. Zanzibar. Zanzibar. Okay, let's see here. I uh, no, I found ten
1: delicious dishes you should definitely eat in Zanzibar. Number one, by the way, the Stanley Livingstone. No, Zanzibar Pizza.
2: Ah, <laughs> well. Do they deliver? Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Uh, all don't right, anyway. so I guess I was wrong on yeah, that. Right, not really. I am, but yeah, all right. That's our two cent history lesson for today. Thanks to Drew Goble and the Company for sponsoring our two cent history lesson. If you need insurance or have insurance and que- uh, questions, call Drew at Oakland Insurance today two four eight. Six four seven twenty five hundred. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I cut off the, the indeed jar. That was my shopping money for the holidays.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Murphy's Family Auto is there for all your car repairs and vehicle needs. Whether it's maintenance or get it ready for winter, you need new uh, new brakes. Make sure the heater's working for the season. Stop by and see Murphy's Family Auto. They've been specializing in car and truck uh, repairs, engine maintenance, and transmission work as well. Electronic services, heating and cooling issues, too. Call them today at 517-552-3040. They're even open on Saturdays. And if you tell them Mike and John sent you, no, they won't send you hitting, hitting the road. They'll give you 5% off. Are you sure? Well, that's what they say. Oh. And you know what they say. As they say. We'll give you 5% off if you say Mike and John sent you. All right. Murphy's Family Auto. Your car knows. What does your car know? It knows it's time for this show to end. All right. That's what it knows. Your car's pretty smart, actually. I don't have a smart car. Mike and John got it going on.
3: You've been giggling with Mike and John. Tune in next time and giggle on.